Oh, That's the only cuss word that's getting bleeped. This podcast contains adult language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, folks, I'm Matt. I am LeJohn. And I'm Joe. And I'm Chris. And I'm part of a COVID-19 vaccine trial. Are you kidding me? It all started with a look from the page in my book. So infatuated, but some days I be shook. Thinking about depression and them things that it took. Had to make a decision to make my mission be real and stop and listen. Never vision I would be living inside of a mental prison with more size than a prison. Immortalizing what isn't the things that I didn't do or say and moves I ain't made. So I try to find a strength to do them today. Cause tomorrow isn't promised the longer you wait. We find a reason not to faster than finding a way. Fasten your seatbelts. It might be a bumpy hour, because we're going there. Taboo Topics are back on the table. So that's right. You heard it correct, everybody. Our guest today, Chris Harris, was a vaccine trial guinea pig, for lack of a better term. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing all right. I got all my limbs, no extra toes, so it's all good. So I think the question on everybody's mind is, Why did you volunteer? That's a great question. I get that question all the time. Um, Back in July, my son, who's four, tested positive for COVID. And that was a game changer. That's scary. Yeah, it was scary, man. It was like I picked him up from daycare and everything was normal. But I just noticed that he was coughing a lot. And I think most people in that situation would just look at it like, oh, he's just got a little cough, something like that. But I called the doctor. Doctor said, let's get him tested. And uh, at that time, about 90 percent of the tests that my doctor uh, was performing were negative. So we weren't concerned as parents at that moment. And then we got the call that, well, he tested positive. And that's when everything changed. As a parent, man, I mean, the, your first initial reactions and everything, especially especially with everything that's been going on. I mean, how did that hit you in, in, initially? It was heavy. Um, it was extremely scary because this is something that we really don't know a lot of information about. I mean, you all know, like, information has been evolving, right? At first, we didn't have to wear a mask. Now, it's highly encouraged, right? We we need to to stop the spread. So just information was coming in. We didn't know a whole lot. And all I could think of was what if I get sick and he's under my care and I can't care for him because I'm sick. So it, it was just scary. Well, I know people listening right now are probably thinking, I have a million questions I want to ask this guy. <laughs> but uh, it wouldn't be doing your time with us justice if we didn't go back and just say, tell us about Chris. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I am a uh, communications professional. Uh, I've been doing communications for, geez, a little bit less than 15 years. And uh, I'm also a musician. So I write songs specifically for TV, film, advertising. That's like my passion job. Funny enough, several of the people right here today in the podcast uh, we're at least part of something that you won a big award for. Yes, yes. That was the social distance song and music video. Yeah, I was in that bad boy. <laughs> Representing. Uh, tell us about that. Um, well, there were only two uh, black people in the video. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Me and LeJohn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was um, it was a song that uh, me and my business partner, uh, Dan Solovitz, created um for your movie um me and you had a conversation 
about doing a song that would be the intro to your movie. And when I tell you, when me and you got off the phone, Matt, me and Dan got to work. And I think in about 45 minutes, I had the song written and he gave me the beat that night, recorded it the same day. And when I got an email from you, I think like 24 hours later with a song, I'm like, are you kidding me? Did he already have this in his back pocket? Like some people can't even like find that time to find their car keys. I mean, you created not only an entire song, but that was perfect for the film and even above and beyond the film for the entire, you know, experience during COVID. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And um, shout out to Robbie Barnes. She uh, put the music video together. I mean, she really got pretty much everything uh, in order when it came to the music video. And um, also shout out to Warner Chapel Production Music. And that's the company that I do a lot of work for where, you know, I'll create songs for them and then they license the songs out to TV and film. So, Chris, even though we're definitely going to be hearing some of your other music throughout this episode, do you mind if we share um, a little snippet? Uh, Yeah. So uh, the next song we're going to play, it's just a snippet of the song Social Distance by Warner Chapel Music Productions. Man, what I would get a have some contact. Quarantine, I dream of days beyond that. Hard enough to make a feel when you ain't on set. Word, I wanna take the curve and keep it on flat. I'd rather be six feet than six deep on a six street and not somebody is six deep. For instance, in an instant, we both defenseless. I miss y'all, but when it's over, I ain't gonna miss this. Open up the window, build a breeze and aroma. Mask on my face so I don't breathe all alone. Yeah. Don't feel right like skis in Sedona or a party on the beach, palm trees in Corona. Mm. And that is uh, for for the film that I produced, that Tyler was a part of, that my wife was a part of, that LeJohn has a few cameos. And that I was not a part of. Uh, Joe, you were off of social media, so you couldn't. You were social distancing from everybody, literally. It's true, but, you know, (laughs) snail mail. And that was the opening credits, and I got to tell you, everybody talked about the opening credits and part of what made them awesome was the song. I mean, it set the tone for the entire thing. And Chris, do you still go by DJ Skrilla? Yeah, I, I have a couple other names out there too. I've got an alias, uh, which is Hill Harris. Um, or sometimes people just say Chris B. Harris with music. So Going back even further, you and I actually were going to Kent together. We we took a bunch of uh, production classes together and you you and I were like, <laughs> Anytime it was like, okay, you're going to do something with like teams. We're like, all right, right, we're going to work together. Everybody else. (laughs) Because he would always handle the audio and like getting people together and doing stuff. And I would do like the technical video stuff. And we always made such a great team, which is why this project, especially during COVID, was so cool to work with you on something again. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I had been wanting to work with you for a while. We just really hadn't found like, I guess, the right project. That, that sounds so Hollywood. We just didn't find the right project, but <laughs> I, well, <laughs> you know how it is. No, you know, it makes sense. People have kids, you know, married life. is hard. Right, life. But uh, when you gave me the call, I just was ready. Like, I've been waiting for this call. I could tell. <laughs> it was half a ring. Yeah, right. Hello? <laughs> Matt? Is someone there? Well, uh, uh. Matt, what do you think about this? It's called social distance. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so your kid tested positive as, as a parent. And you have to dote on the child and take care of the child. How did you not get sick? So um, with the co-parenting schedule that I have with um, my son's mom, um, it, it it worked out where, you know, he would be with her for a few days and then uh, with me. And we, I just tried my best to just keep distance, but not too much distance. Right. So 
uh, just a lot of scrubbing and sanitizing and things like that. But I was just under the impression that I had it. I mean, the doctor said, look, you all both probably have it, but I tested negative like three times. Yeah. And then you took the vaccine. Well, I took something. You took something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you definitely told me about this personally before uh, it was on the news or any like you know, publicly people knew about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I called you or texted you a few weeks ago and said, Hey, we're doing a podcast. Would you mind talking about the vaccine thing? And you're like, funny enough, they're doing a story on it on the news tonight. Right. And then you're like, and I would love to be part of your podcast. I'm excited about it. And I go, how the hell do you know about my podcast that doesn't exist yet? <laughs> and you said a little birdie told me, who's yeah. this birdie? Oh, you know, it's just the word on the street, man. That's all. <laughs> Wait, guys, we have street cred on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Listen. Going Nothing. there to yeah. the street. I knew selling drugs was going to pay off. Uh, no it. snitching. <laughs> was it Was it LeJohn? Have you guys stayed in contact? Uh, listen, it was just uh, word on the street. I mean, secret? I saw some artwork. I was like, man, that looks good. Is this the secret black club that you guys won't let me in? I mean. Well, that's part of it, but. <laughs> I, I'll give you a hint. It was somebody black that told me. I mean, so it was either LeJohn or <laughs> Oprah. Wait. Oh, my God. Two black people that we right. know. <laughs> yeah, was it you? It was either LeJohn or you, because those are the two Hey, how dare people. you? Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Chris, tell us, walk us through what happened with the vaccine. I wanted to figure out a way that I could make a difference, try to make some kind of impact, but I really didn't know how. And I saw on the news that uh, there was a vac vaccine trial coming to Cleveland and to contact this company if you're interested. So I said, well, maybe I'll just see what it's about. So I contacted the company and they said that they were all full. But then about mm, maybe close to a month later, another trial was coming to Cleveland and I did the same thing. And that's when they told me uh, I was accepted. So oh, these okay. were these were two different drug companies using... I'm assuming a totally different vaccine, right? I mean, I would assume so. Um, and the second trial that I contacted, that happened to be Pfizer. So that was the company that put out the first report. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time that uh, this podcast airs, we might know more about it. But as of right now, they are saying they're moving ahead for FDA approval. There's 95 percent efficacy yeah. to the Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised to hear that you were turned down because you would think that they would have been taking. Were, do Were there a lot of applicants in the process? You know, I have no idea. I mean, my thing was, you know, COVID-19 was affecting a very vulnerable population, uh, specifically the African-American community. I mean, I know John can probably uh, attest to this, but, you know, there isn't a lot of trust in the black community when it comes to doctors and hospitals and, and things like that. Thank all. you. Thank you for actually bringing that up because that yeah. is a going there topic. Yeah. Wait, it, did, so you wanted to bring it up. You just didn't want to say it. <laughs> is that where we're going? This is the bringing it up, but not going there yeah. podcast. Let's no, go because there, let's go there because I've had this conversation with people and I always forget that it, it exists with what's happening in the world. I feel like it's way more white people going, I don't trust doctors. They don't know shit. Oh, but we've been there. 
because yeah. of historical uh, yeah. experiments. You have reasons exactly. to, to distrust. And just yeah. in the in the hospital system today, if a black person says that they're in pain, it's not as listened to as if a white person says that they're in pain. Exactly. And, and on that note, I got to ask, because knowing what we know um, in the black community and having experienced, um, you know, just this lack of trust uh, with doctors, hospitals, medicine, government, all that kind of stuff. How was the pushback from your family? You know, when your decision came down to it, they were very scared. They they really didn't want me to do this. Um, Specifically, my grandmother, she just, oh, no, I don't know about that. Don't do that. No, you're going to do what? Like that kind of vibe. But, um, you know, I, I just really felt strongly about it. And while I do appreciate the concern that they had and all my friends, it just seemed like the right thing to do and not to sound like corny or cliche, but like it just felt good in my gut. Not at all. I, in fact, we love to kiss people's asses on this show. So <laughs> people won't, won't put others first right now. And you put everybody first. So uh, yeah, good no, job. I, I will not take the vaccine for at least another five rounds. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> and you know, my, one of my very good friends is a doctor, but mm-hmm. I always keep my eyes on my wallet when she's in the room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, it means a lot because like you all said, this is about much more than just me. It's about more than my son. While my son was really the spark that kind of led me down this path, it's about everybody. It's about hopefully we can get back to some normalcy, you know, and hug people and do all the things we used to do. Was there anybody in your close circle who was... Like, yeah, this is a great idea. Good for you, man. No. <laughs> Especially the black ones. Man, I'm growing with that dude. Uh, the black yeah. one said, hell no. Were you afraid of the risks or side effects? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, once you're in the trial, you, you have uh, a few visits that you have to go to. So the very first visit, they go over this really thick packet, basically a contract for your life. And uh, I'm kidding, sort of. Um, but they go over Just like, like when you go to a haunted house, right? right? Okay. So they go over everything about the trial. They, you know, if you have any questions, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, a nurse will come in and she will just basically say, roll up your sleeves and give you a shot. And you don't know if you have the vaccine and you don't know if you have the placebo. So at that moment, it's like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Joe has like, thoughts on this. Like, what the fuck? Why would you give someone a fucking sugar pill and say it's a vaccine for a deadly disease that's happening right now? That's the scientific process. I know, but I just think it's whack. <laughs> there's variables and there's constants. Come on. I mean, you got you kind of got to hope. I know I, I'm speaking for you, Chris, because I'm certain you feel the same way I feel. If you take something not knowing what the outcome is going to be, you can always hope like, okay, if something negative is going to happen, I'm going to grow a second dick out of this. <laughs> that's that's how I always feel about anything that I do. Like, you know what? I probably shouldn't, but man, if I get those two dicks, this would be great. Meanwhile, LeJohn's been chugging bleach for the last six months going, second dick, second dick. Yeah. If y'all could see my face right now, I just... <laughs> yeah, so... For the audience, Chris isn't right in front of us because, uh, you know, it's COVID. And actually, just earlier today, the governor said, don't leave your house unless it's absolutely necessary. We somehow traveled back in time. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I uh, saw that press conference. DeWine was like, don't uh, gather in groups of six or more unless it's for the Going There podcast. <laughs> 
Um, do you know how you were selected as in, was it, was it just filling out a piece of paper and it's like, you're good. Or were there like certain things that you had to do? Did you have to, you know, do any, uh, uh, hundred yard sprint, uh, under a certain time period? <laughs> Run a 40. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you do CrossFit for free for it? 10 burpees. Um, check a box. Right. <laughs> do you want to do this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like a screening. Um, it was like sort of a phone interview. Uh, they ask you a series of questions and, uh, and that was kind of it. And then they let you know uh, whether you're in or not. And um, so it was pretty easy to um, just go through that process. The difficult part was just keeping my mind in a good place, you know, after that injection. Just, you know, you just worry. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. How, how many injections and over what period of time and what are the, I guess, phases of it? So there are two injections with this trial. So you, you get the first injection. You have to wait. Uh, I think it's at least 21 days and then you get a second injection. And um, the second injection is actually the first time and the only time that I had some slight mild side effects. Are they absolutely side effects or was there any chance that it was, you know, uh, psychosomatic? Yeah, psychosomatic power of suggestion. Um, It's the same type of side effect that you could get if you get a flu shot. So gotcha. I get the the second shot. It was about seven. 30 a.m. And by about 1030 p.m., I started to feel just a little funny. You know, when you feel just like, mm, am I getting sick? Then the fever came. Then the chills came. Then the body aches came. And uh, that lasted till about, I don't know, maybe noon the next day. So it's about I thought you were going to say 56 days. <laughs> Still feeling it. Yeah, that might not have been a vaccine. <laughs> right. You're talking about having the chills and being scared. Why don't you warm us up? Talk about your music for a second, because we're going to play another clip here again. Okay, yeah, we can uh, go ahead and switch gears. Uh, let's let's go with this song, Hustle Harder. So this is off the new album, Hustle Reign Supreme, and um, I'm really I'm really excited about this album. I'm really excited about this song. So they could actually go to hustlereignsupreme.com, and that's Rain. R-E-I-G-N, all right? HustleReignSupreme.com, and you can get a link from that uh, website that'll take you to Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. I like that. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Good music. Here we go. Listen, uh, for our snacks, sips, and sweets this week, we have JB's Grill that is located on 6624 Harvard Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio, um, run and operated by Barbara Bradford. So awesome of, of her to allow us to have some of her ribs, chicken, and macaroni and cheese. Which were... 
Amazing. Amazing. I've, I've been able to have JB's Grill many times before this episode today, but to, to bless my my cohorts here with it is awesome. Well, these uh, barbecue farts are worth it. <laughs> Seriously, that, that sauce is ridiculous. We love their food. Uh, JB Grill was established in 2015, and Barbara says that the, the best part of her job is satisfying the taste buds of her customers and providing a Hearty soul food meal at a great price, and the price job well yeah. done. Seriously, seriously. As much as I love the the meat, I love the sides. <laughs> but that macaroni and cheese was so different. But you know what it is though? It's just it's essentially exactly what's in the name: soul food. Putting that soul into the food, man. Barbara also says that JB Grill has uplifted the Slavic Village community, which is located on the southeast side of Cleveland, uh, with various programs dedicated to the kids, all the youth, and the seniors. If you don't go there, you have no soul. <laughs> the the hosts here of the show just poured ourselves a nice little glass of Cabernet, so we're all doing a toast in Chris's honor. Uh, hopefully he's drinking one with us in the other room mm-hmm. for being... Um, goddamn, I, I have to say, I don't know if there's anything more American than allowing yourself to take that kind of risk for the lives of so many other people it's awesome it really is and that's not just ass kissing that's yeah thank you brother and that's 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 thousand percent man i I just couldn't um i couldn't imagine well john wouldn't do it if it could save one person's life no no yeah if it could save mine fuck (laughs) off i'm sad exactly but as as far as the selection process i mean was anybody nobody's getting turned down right well you know i got turned down from the first one so i'm assuming yeah, I'm sure there are people who uh, had to be turned down or, or turned away. I don't know what necessarily they the criteria was. They on a flyer, like, hell <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, people love, people love to be the first to do something, like uh, someone who buys that $4,000 fax machine in 1988. But Ooh. as Dave Chappelle said, don't ever be the first black person to do exactly. something. <laughs> Yeah, I might have been the first black person. <laughs> I don't know. So, so you had symptoms that evening after your mm-hmm. injection. Then, then what happened? How long did it last? It lasted about twelve hours, and then the next day, by the evening, I was perfectly fine. Um, I, I still don't know, but based off of what happened, that leads me to believe that there's probably a good chance that maybe I have the vaccine. So, do you have to like report back to them every? 14 or 21 days you said um actually i have to keep a journal um so i fill out this journal um entry every week um actually i have to do it today yeah i have to journal more too dear covid diary (laughs) right i went to the mall today and i saw a woman who i was like she's pretty attractive is this helpful (laughs) i didn't see half of her face (laughs) but her eyes were great great. (laughs) then both of my dicks got hard (laughs) because he's a snake actually snakes have two Different sets of organs. <laughs> so, yeah, Bill Nye over here. What the hell are these random facts about? Uh, did you know that uh, snakes actually have two penises? Uh, uh, did you know that I met Bill Nye when he was at Adventure Place in 1999? Did he show you his two snakes? No. <laughs> actually, Joe, it's actually quite simple. Yeah, he, I don't think he had a lisp. <laughs> Let's go back. Okay, uh, today in the studio is Chris here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> At any point in time during the trial, did you have second thoughts? Uh, I won't. No, I won't say I had second thoughts. But once I had those side effects, that's when I really started to just kind of wor- worry even more. Like, is this gonna cause some damage? Is it gonna cause some serious harm? 
And, you know, it was gone, but I, I just didn't like that feeling, that anxiety that I was feeling in that moment. And it's like super late at night, can't sleep, can't call anyone, right? Matt wasn't going to pick up his phone. So, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, if you're going to do music for me, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm so happy that I, I went and, um, and did it. And I think just for me, too, I, I'm just... I'm always like kind of scary when it comes to like doctors. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, little bit of a germaphobe and people were just surprised. Like, dude, this is not even in your nature. Like, are you serious? Yeah. I was wondering why you came in a full body suit and like <laughs> lubricant all <laughs> right. up and down. Right. You're like slid into the building. <laughs> well, John, do you want to take it from here? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like I go to the doctor for everything. I, I bless my doctor. Cause he's probably tired of me. Like, I'll have a little pain in my finger. I'm like, oh, I need to go call the doctor, you know, something like that. I think that's a good segue into a quick little story. <laughs> I, I'm i not a hypochondriac, but I'm married to one. So she's always telling me like, Matt, you need to go get this checked. Matt, you need mm -hmm. to go get this checked. But after a while- after Is she talking I, about your prostate? <laughs> she's talking about everything. She's like, your personality. Your privilege. <laughs> my, my white privilege. So one time I'm having really bad stomach pain. And I'm laying in bed and I'm like, man, my stomach hurts. And she's so over my problems at this point. She's like, just shut up. Stop whining. Got a bad. Uh, went to the doctor in the morning. She's like, you need to go to the emergency room right now. Your appendix is going to burst at any moment. So I go and I get it out. And, but it's funny because all the doctors are like, yeah, you can't travel for a while. Don't fly anywhere. And I go, well, I'm supposed to be on family feud in like three days. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. Okay. No. Okay. We can make that work. <laughs> so <laughs> they're giving me all the good drugs ever since, man, I have a, I have a card to play all the time. Now, anytime she's like, you're being whiny. I'm like, what'd you say last time? She's like, okay. Okay. I could have died if I had listened to that woman. And that's when Steve Harvey and I became best friends. Um, I am attacking you. Would you like to refute any of this? The producer's shaking her head no. She's like, it's 100% true. That's what she just said. That's right. It And wait, can can we all take a moment? My wife just said my story was 100% true. Hey, oh, that's the whole purpose of the show. Like, we're done. <laughs> that's a thesis. Bye. Problem yeah. solved. <laughs> Men, we're right again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a good mission. <laughs> all right, I, I got to ask. Um, as a black man, mm -hmm. like, have you spoken out about what you did? How's the reaction? What's super important to me is that we're included. Um, I want to make sure that we have representation. Um, I want to make sure that this vaccine works for everybody, but I also want to make sure that it works for us. Right. And uh, folks that look like us. So that was like the one of the biggest things. Um, I also just wanted my son to just see his dad, you know, um, I guess do something that was just bigger than himself. Right. Right. And, and in all seriousness, I mean, I. And I'm not even gonna try to act like you know because you're here with us and everything. Oh yeah, I do that shit too. I'm I, I'm not gonna do that because <laughs> John already <laughs> called you a sucker behind your back. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, I just I give you so much credit. And and with the situation that you had, as far as if it was my kids, maybe that's where my mindset changes because maybe that's where this fear and this caution and this and this trepidation, and everything I had, would just alter it just wouldn't even exist if my child was involved so lejon let's do a quick little test sure 
you're laying in bed, somebody breaks in your house, it's possible that they're armed. Yep. You're freaked out, right? I am. Now, somebody breaks in your house, they're possibly armed, and your kids are there. Yeah. Suddenly, you're not scared anymore, Not scared you? anymore, baby. Now, yeah. suddenly, you're the you're the Hulk. I am. Yeah. You smash. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's like, a, you know, the urban legend of the granny lifting the truck off of her kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think people are willing to do superhuman feats when it comes to their kids. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's That's instinctual. True. Yeah. Uh, I know I mentioned I'm like a germaphobe and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I'm sanitizing. I'm cleaning. I'm trying to practice social distancing. I was doing all the things that I could control, right? Especially with my son present. And he still tested positive for COVID. And that was really heartbreaking because it just shows you that sometimes you can't control certain things. You can't control life in every aspect. And once he tested positive, it was like, well, what can I control? What can I actually do? And that's where that trial uh, came into play. So did you have to be quarantined by yourself each time that you were injected? No, no. And it's not like they're uh, they're not injecting you with a live virus or, or anything like that. But um, they wanted all 40,000 participants basically to just act normally. So how would they be able to tell if the vaccine is working if you are like, let's say, amongst in public and then, you know, being a part of many vectors and then you started to get symptoms? So the trial had about 40,000 participants and Pfizer basically needed a certain number of people to test positive for COVID-19. So we would get COVID tests, too, when we would go back and visit uh, the first two times. Once they hit this uh, number, that's when they could say, well, out of this hundred and something amount of people that tested positive, who had the placebo and who had the vaccine? And that's how they can determine how um, effective the vaccine is. And for people who haven't participated in something like this before, is it possible that you were given the placebo one of the times or is it most likely that they had those controllers in certain places? Uh, it's either you're going to get the vaccine or the placebo. Yeah, I think I had the vaccine both times. Both times. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that you reacted differently to the second injection? Um, I don't I'm not sure. I wish I had a, a good answer for you. Um, I don't even let me know when you do. <laughs> well, if he was a snake, he would have grown a penis after the first one. Two of them. This episode is sponsored by Bill Nye. But wait a minute. How, how old was your son at the time? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what this means, right? What's that? OK, so he was four. Doesn't probably have a true real understanding of what you did. So now we can use the the dad was a, a kicker in high school story. So Ooh. it's like you 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 kick the game winning field goal from twenty five yards with a with a sprained ankle, <laughs> and as time goes on, you kick the game winning field goal from you know forty five yards with a broken leg, and as time goes on, you know seventy five yards with a whole body cast. Yeah, right. so quadriplegic. I was actually in a wheelchair yeah. and kicked the field goal. <laughs> exactly. So now, so instead of you know doing doing the vaccine and everything, man, look, you you took all kinds of shit, and and we can just build the story up as time goes on. Guys, we can all agree. 2020, COVID was actually a giant robot monster attacking the world. There we go. Chris, like, took this drug like Popeye, like spinach, arms yeah. busted out. Yeah, like Power he, Rangers. And we all saw it, We right? saw it. Shit, I know I did. <laughs> oh, man, I watched that on TV a lot. <laughs> so now you have a record. This is like history right here. Right. Yeah. Send this out in the space on that golden record. Oh, my goodness. As much as you're able or willing to say. Um, Chris, what do you think about... All of this going on where there's this 
people are making these assumptions that, oh, now it came out right after the election. How convenient the political timing of it. I mean, this has been in the process for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been in the process for a while. And I don't think that uh, I think the timing is just what the timing was. I don't think it's political. I mean, you got to remember, I mean, they don't want to get this wrong. Right. They're, they have a lot riding on this. I mean, there are people who have dedicated their lives to science and, you know, there's a lot of pressure and they want to get this right. So I, I don't think it's political from, you know, when the information came out, but. I just want people to have access to it. That's the biggest thing. I want there to be a safe vaccine and I want people to just have access to it. I guess what do you say to the people who are still like, you know, over at LeJohn's house going, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> yeah, man, what, what, do you, what do you say to them to maybe, maybe allay some of their fears? Yeah. What do you say to his roommates? <laughs> <laughs> All my ladies. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, trust the science, um, you know, do some research, read some articles, and I mean, listen to my story. Um, I'm not saying that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm not scared. No, I was very scared. And there's still some unknown. Right. I mean, they're going to monitor me for two years, but I feel really good about it. My gut told me this was the right thing to do. And I think that this vaccine is going to going to put us back on the right path. Can we can we get that T-shirt? Trust. <laughs> no, seriously. Trust. Trust the, the science. science. Trust the science. And then just a picture of Chris and his album cover right on the front. <laughs> yeah, and you said yeah. that they're going to monitor you for two years. Um, are they going to like listen to your music or anything? <laughs> <laughs> they may. Yeah, I don't I know. I hope they do. Uh, look, I can, I'll do a pharmaceutical commercial, all right? <laughs> hey, Pfizer, drop that beat, you know? <laughs> and they're going to monitor him for two years? The government's watching us, big brother. Yeah, I want them to monitor me for two years. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to make sure everything is working A-OK. -okay. But what does that monitoring look like? No, you go, you go through there for checkups. I'm sure they check vitals. They're probably going to check antibodies, things like that. So you got to imagine that they're going to be like, you know, we sure could use uh, people of color to just say, hey, it's OK. It's safe. And I take it you're willing to be one of those people. Yeah, just I was on uh, what the news, like two news yeah. stations, yeah. this podcast. Um I'm hoping that I can just tell the story and reach as many people as possible. I've already had some people hit me up privately on Facebook and Instagram, just, you know, DMs, just basically saying um, that they weren't going to get a vac the vaccine, but now they're feeling like better about it. They're feeling more positive about getting the vaccine. So, I mean, if even if it just changes like one person's life, that's cool. Have you been more... Um advantageous and going out in public now that you've had the vaccine no no i'm still trying to practice my distancing and uh because when i'm out in public like people don't know that i've had something injected in me right i could possibly have the vaccine so i want to try to set a good example yeah yeah i'm just gonna still follow the guidelines and it's not a bad idea though get a t-shirt saying i've had the vaccine you know yeah. Come sure. get it. Anything for a free T-shirt. <laughs> Can Come I get, get it? I imagine. Can I get a hug? Yeah. Does Pfizer give you free T-shirts? No. Mm. no. Oh, oh, you tell me all those like pharmaceutical sales girls that walk around with those free pens and pads. I was about to say, stuff? I didn't even get a pen, man. Yeah. Uh, the science aspect. Not only is the inclusion and representation important. What we've learned, so many people want to say, we're all the same. I mean, we're not. Our biology is different. So testing it on different groups of people because of their 
race or because of gender, because of these things is actually really important because then you actually have controls and variables within the study that make sense in context, right? Mm -hmm. That's what has to be found out. That's what we have to put to the test. And that's why, um, again, man, we're literally changing a lot of my stances on this stuff right here in this room. Chris, you have... Um, pretty much a get out of jail free card for the rest of your life with little John. Yeah, John you knows you. <laughs> you can cough on him all you want. <laughs> I'm gonna bring you some of my finest hoes, and we gonna have a good time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. That's what we gonna do. Bill Nye. <laughs> Why Bill? <laughs> seriously, seriously proud, man. Proud of you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Really do. Do you have any final thoughts or things you would want our listeners to hear? Yeah. Um. I would say trust the science. And practice, like, safe distancing and wear a mask. Please wear a mask and wear it properly. Can we just talk about these chin strap <laughs> that I'm seeing? It's like, yo, bro, you're defeating the whole purpose, my man. I ordered some Uber Eats and, like, homie just came to the door and he just had the chin strap. And it's just like, this is... South Park called it the chin diaper. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. You know, or it's like you got the nose exposed and it's like, goodness. Again, trust the science. I, I'm so glad you said that, man, because that's something that somehow, some way, in ways that we can spend nine shows on has just been forgotten. My goodness. People who spend their lives, dedicate their lives, have had failed relationships, divorces and everything else due to their work and dedication towards science. And you disregard them. I, I'll never understand that. We need a T-shirt that says, trust the science. And then on the back of it, two dicks. <laughs> two dicks. Yeah. Because, of, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Bill Nye. Hello, girl. <laughs> I have one thing about trusting scientists. The whole idea behind science is to question something and then find the truth. It's never about, like, creating this propaganda to make your idea profitable. It's all about disproving or proving if something works. So if there's anyone to trust more than your mom or your dad, it would be a scientist. If you don't want to trust the agendas of doctors because you think they're being paid millions of dollars by the companies, not only is that unfounded, but how does that explain good people like Chris putting their lives and their own health at risk? to try to help others. He he wasn't paid millions of dollars. Stop looking for what fits into your agenda and look at the plain and simple facts that any person with any kind of integrity behind what they do can agree on. Right, and as Bill Nye says, science rules. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris, for being here with us today. We thank you not only as the hosts of the show, but as Americans and just fellow humans. Yes, indeed, man. Truly appreciate your your courage, your honesty, your, your just willingness to be better and, and do more for the greater good for us all. And uh, Barbara, we thank you so much for blessing us with JB's Grill today. Once again, located at 6624 Harvard Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, the number is 216-441-3663. You can check them out. Take us out on the beat. Oh, okay. Well, hey, let's go in the show. This one is also on the album Hustle Reign Supreme. HustleReignSupreme.com is called We Vibin'. That's what we doing. We just went there. Now you can go to Instagram at the Going There Podcast, Facebook at Going There Podcast, or email us at goingtherepodcast at gmail.com. Together you 
see your backside poking out like a letter B. Your highness, I confide this. Never was good at science, but I feel the chemistry. And the stars could be calling. Then progress to the next, like coffee in the morning. If you win, then I'm all in. Let's begin, maybe fall in love. That's calming. Can we talk and just be honest? What I offer is the finest. When together, the divinest. You gotta keep it in any secret. We, we, we vibing. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsey Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Kelly, and Bobby Thomas. 